welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. This title, Courageous Living, is the, the title of our series for the next few weeks. And uh, we're going to be looking at a, a pretty famous guy in the Bible uh, by the name of Elijah. And uh, before we look at him, I... Cambridge Dictionary defines courage as the ability to control fear and to be willing to deal with something that is dangerous, difficult, or unpleasant. Okay? So I want to say it again. Courage is the ability to control fear and be willing to deal with something that is dangerous, difficult, or unpleasant. Over the years I've been a follower of Jesus, I've discovered... I've encountered all three of those things. Uh, There's a challenge in following Jesus. If you haven't discovered one of those three things in following Jesus, are you following Jesus? Uh, Because Jesus never said it would be easy peasy. Just come follow me and life will be yippee skippy. Uh, In fact, it will be hard. There will be challenges. There will be moments where people will resist you. If they resisted me, they'll resist you. This is a fact of following me. However, it might come with great challenge, but it also comes with great reward. Uh, it's something, uh, the most amazing journey we can ever go on is the journey in following Jesus, walking with Him. It's life everlasting, but it doesn't mean it's without its difficulties. And so over the years, I've discovered this. And courageous people in Scripture, when we look to Scripture, we look at people who really uh, walk this walk of, of following God no matter what, it does spur us on in our faith. I don't know about you, but sometimes when you're going through a difficult time and you read about someone who went through even more difficult times than you and yet came through and followed God and and persevered and and the result that came of it, it it spurs us on, doesn't it? In fact, encouraging is putting courage in. And so I hope over these next uh, few weeks as we look at the life of Elijah, I hope that courage would be instilled in our hearts for the world that we live in today. And I I think sometimes we have a a mindset that where we're living and the time that we're living is harder than ever. It's not true. You know what the Bible says? There's nothing new under the sun. Uh, I think there have been times in history that have been equally, if not harder, than we are living today, yet God still is in control. And so sometimes I think we can buy a lie, buy buy into a thought process that right now the days are more evil than they've ever been before, and that is not true. We see some pretty evil times in Scripture. In fact, you don't have to read too far into Genesis before you see evil, and you see really bad things happening. So can I say we're in good company when we look to Scripture because people face very difficult circumstances, and we can find in our context today hope and, and passion and courage to keep going and to walk the walk that God has called us to live in and, and to go after. So I hope that these next few weeks will raise us up and put a courage in our hearts to, to go forward in the things that God has for us. Now, before we get into looking at Elijah, I, I think it's important to look at the, the context in which we, we come upon Elijah. Okay, And uh, we, we first see uh, the, the context around him in 1 Kings chapter 16, verses 29 to 33. We're going to read it together this morning. And it says this, In the 38th year 
of Asa, king of Judah, Ahab, son of Omri, became king of Israel, and he reigned in Samaria over Israel for 22 years. Ahab, son of Omri, did more evil in the eyes of the Lord than any of those before him. Now, that's quite an accolade, isn't it? Uh, he did more evil than anyone before him. Not only uh, considered it trivial to commit the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nabat, but he also married Jezebel, daughter of uh, Ethbal, king of the Sidonians, and, became, uh, and began to serve Baal and worship him. He set up an altar of Baal in the temple of Baal, and he built it, he built it in Samaria. Ahab also made a national pole and did more to arouse the anger of the Lord, the God of Israel, than did any of the kings of Israel before him. So here is the context. There's a king over Israel who is not going after God, is he? Uh, in fact, he's arousing God's anger because he's doing the very things that God has uh, commanded not to have happen. Now, God previously, if we go to Deuteronomy, God previously told Israel, before they took into the promised land, before they went into the promised land, he said this in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 16 to 17. He says, be careful or you will entice uh, you'll be enticed to turn away and worship other gods and bow down to them. The Lord's anger will burn against you, and he will shut up the heavens so that it will not rain, and the ground will yield no produce, and you will soon perish from the good land that God, the Lord is giving you. So this is what God had already told Israel, that if you're going to pursue other gods, be enticed to other gods, this is what will happen. So... What does Ahab do? He does the very thing God said don't do. And lo and behold, God then responds by sending Elijah. Now Elijah, we first see any instance of him in Eli uh, 1 Kings chapter 17, uh, verses 1 to 6. We've, we are introduced to him for the very first time. Now before we look at him, I, I want to explain a little bit about Elijah. I'm sure all of us have heard of him in some context or another, but he is a guy that is one of two people that appears both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Have you thought about that? He's one person that spans a big period of time and appears in the flesh twice in the Bible in two different testaments. Not only does he appear twice, but he appears with Jesus. He is with Moses. And on the Mount Transfiguration, he appears and he's part of that gathering. I mean, he's part of a pretty close circle with Jesus. I mean, who else is coming to me with Jesus while well, he's ministering than someone who has a close relationship with him? We know Moses was a friend of God, but I believe Elijah was also very much a friend of God. Now, before we think of him as a superhero of the Bible, James says he was a human being as we are. Now, Elijah never died. We know the story, or if you may have heard the story that he was taken up with a chariot of fire. He never died, but he was human, like you and I are human. And we will see over the course of weeks to come, he was not a perfect man. He was a man that followed God courageously, but he had moments of discouragement. He had moments of fear. He had moments where he felt like giving up completely. But we see in the fullness of his life something very powerful happen. And so today we're starting the story of him. And uh, we're going to look at, kind of to build our message around, 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 1 to 6. I'm going to read it to start with here. Now Elijah, the Tishbite from Tishbe, 
in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in uh, the Kareth ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook. I have instructed the ravens to supply you with food there. So he did what the Lord told him. He went to the Kareth ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Sounds so simple, doesn't it? Of course, that's what you do. All those things. Now, Elijah was a courageous man, and I, as we are introduced to him, we see his courage straight off the bat with what he is doing. And uh, the first thing we see is uh, Elijah had a courage to stand. Uh, I think in this world, it's very easy to go with the status quo. If you understand that in this moment of time, Ahab is king. Right, He has a final authority. There is no other authority than Ahab's authority in the, in the physical realm. Now, when we look at the whole story, we see that the prophets and those who were priests and others were being put to death. And so for him to go to Ahab and take a stand in this way was a risky deal. What is courage? It's, it's facing that which is dangerous. Right, It's dealing with what needs to be dealt with. And so he takes the stand and he, he has, first of all, a profession of faith. Do you remember reading this? The God of Israel, whom I serve. He was putting his colors on the mast, right? He was, he was saying, look, this is whom I'm serving. I'm not serving Baal. I'm not serving the Asherah pole. I'm not serving any other God. I am serving the God of Israel. I am serving. This is where I stand. So, hi, I'm Elijah. I'm a follower of God. In a sense, that's what he was doing. Right, He was stating who, where his allegiance, if there was any doubt, he was a follower of God. Now again, he, there, was a, there was a risk to him in doing that. I don't know about you, but being a Christian and letting that flag fly high can be a challenge, can't it? Now, most of us in this room do not face death in that declaration, but we do have a challenge in being a Christian and being open about our faith. Elijah was courageous in the, in the sight of pushback, if not persecution, if not uh, death, to say, look, I'm a follower of God. Uh, can I say at uh, this year, the start of this year, if one of the biggest things we could do is, is be bold in our faith, I think we will serve God well this year. Not be wishy-washy, not be undercover Christians, but to be bold in our walk with God that we're not ashamed of our position in following Jesus. I am a follower of Jesus, and I'm not ashamed to say it. I think that takes courage, doesn't it? How many of you think that takes courage? Uh, it takes courage. It takes courage in your workplace, in your friends, in your family. It takes courage to say, I'm a follower of Jesus, and I, I'm not afraid for you to know that. It's a challenge for us, but it's a calling that God has given us His Spirit to help us in. You see, I think we need the Spirit of God. Elijah had the Spirit of God in him. And I believe that gave him that courage to stand in the face of Ahab and to say what he said. But you and I also have the Holy Spirit to empower us. What? To be a witness. A witness of what? I'm a follower of Jesus. I know him. He's my, he's my God. He's the one I serve. We are given the Spirit so we can say it. Did you think about that? We've been given his Spirit. Why? To be a witness. 
Witness of what? Of what he's done in us. So Elijah has this courage to stand, to declare that one, he's a follower of, of God, but two, to declare what the word of the Lord is. It won't rain. There are times that we need to communicate what God is saying and to take God's word and declare it. Can I say that takes courage? It's much easier to just accept things as they are and hope things will change. But Elijah, God spoke to him, so he goes to the king and declares what God is saying before it happens. You see, that's, it's always easy to look back in the rearview mirror of our life and see where God did something. And we can be so bold in that. But it's different to say it will not rain because who's at risk of it? You are, right? What if it rains the next day? Well, that didn't work, did it? So it's easier not to say anything. But can I say the word of God is filled with statements that we need to take hold of and proclaim and declare as God leads us to do so in the circumstances that we're facing. And it takes courage to stand upon that word. God had already spoken to Israel. This is what was going to happen if they chose not to follow after him. And, but it took a prophet to declare that for it to happen. He was instrumental in seeing the outworking of God. Can I say, in James, as we see that passage of Scripture, that Elijah was a, a normal man like you and I are, yet he prayed earnestly, it did not rain, and it did not rain. We see in James, the reason it didn't rain is because Elijah took God's word and declared it. It didn't just happen because God just, you know, he just, he just positioned it in a way that one way or another, whether Elijah said nothing, did nothing, God was going to do it. No, he invited Elijah to be part of the process so his will could be accomplished. But Elijah played a key part. He played his part. Sometimes we're just waiting for God to do something in our lives. And God says, look, you take the word that I've given you and declare it. Stand up on it. Be courageous. And see what I'll do in response. You see, it takes faith to declare things before they happen. Correct? You see, this is the realm that God calls us to live in. He wants us to live in the realm of faith. Faith is not declaring what has happened. Past tense is declaring that what is going to happen. It's, it's declaring what we believe, what we know to be true, what God's word is saying, and we apply it to our circumstance, to what is happening right now, and it takes courage to do so. But can I say, we see the fullness of God when we do. Elijah, this man of God, sees God do the most amazing things, but it took courage to stand. But secondly, uh, Elijah had courage to obey. Uh, it takes courage to say yes to the Lord. He, for one, he went to Ahab. Uh, I don't know about you, but there are moments in my life I, I would love God to do, send someone else. Uh, send someone else. I mean, Moses had that interaction with God. God was calling him to lead Israel out of Egypt. And what did it, at the end of that conversation with God, what did Moses say? Oh, God, please, is there nobody else to do this job? Remember that story? Please send someone else, God. Moses didn't exude that courage that we see in Elijah. Uh, but nonetheless, God calls us to obey him. He, and we see that uh, Elijah takes this word. He went as God directed him to go to King Ahab. But then in verse 5, we have something interesting. We, we see that God says, look, after he gives this word, uh, the Lord said to Elijah in verse 3, um, leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kareth, 
uh, ravine east of the Jordan. You will drink of the brook, and uh, I have instructed the ravens to supply you with food there. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, if I had that instruction, I have a question mark about that last statement. The ravens supply me food every day. Uh, how many of you have seen a raven? In fact, if you see ravens circling over you, that's not usually a good sign, is it? <laughs> In this part of the world, we don't have ravens, but I, I've watched enough documentary kind of animal shows. The ravens aren't the kind of birds that you want circling overhead of your existence. Uh, they're, they're, they're birds of prey. They're birds that will scavenge dead things. And so, to, hey, this bird, the raven, is going to come bring you food every day. Well, I don't know about that, but that doesn't sound like a great idea. I'd rather McDonald's even. Um, there's got to be a better plan. There's got to be a better thought process, God. And so here we have this instruction that God gives that is not logical to the human understanding. Go to this place and drink from the brook. Okay, I get that bit, but I'm going to give you uh, food every day given by birds that aren't the nicest of birds, and they're going to feed you every day. I've instructed them. You've instructed the birds, have you? Oh, Again, okay, Elijah was a human like you and I are. Just imagine God telling you this word. I just want us to think about that. What if you were the one receiving this word? Is it logical? Would we question it a little bit? You see, Elijah has this most amazing ability in this time and the courage to say yes to him. Because we see in verse 5, so he did what the Lord told him. He went, and he stayed there. Uh, this is something that the great Elijah, who God called to, to do the most extraordinary things, is challenged to, to go and to just to be in this space that um, one didn't know exactly what was going to happen. To follow after God's plan, after this confrontation with Ahab, to hide in the, the ravine, you will drink from the brook. This was unorthodox provision. But God had called him, and he simply went. Uh, can I say, the first point of the courage to stand for our faith is a great place to start. But can I encourage us as the second part of our commitment in this new year to say yes to whatever God asks of our lives? This didn't seem very grand to go hide out in a valley. Didn't seem like a supernatural encounter with God or, you know, he was going to raise a bunch of dead people. Or I, it didn't seem too dramatic, did it? Just go hide out in this valley and I'll feed you. Just go do that. You see, God was orchestrating a bigger plan, but Elijah had to be positioned correctly. You see, sometimes we miss what God wants to do in our lives because we're not positioned where we should be. We've taken matters into our own hands. We decided we, we have a better plan of provision. We, we have a better thought process as to how this should play out. We maybe know what the end game is, but we don't know the journey to get there. And so God gives us a picture of our lives, or he gives us a, a focus of direction where we're meant to go. And sometimes we decide how we're going to get there instead of God saying, look, I've got the plan, I've got the path, and your, my path is for you to sit in this ravine, and I'll just feed you, and you just stay there. You see, what we don't see from Elijah is a discourse of disagreement like Moses had. We see him just obeying God. And I think it's a great 
picture of courage to simply obey God. I think a lot of Christians are stunting their growth because they do not obey God at the simplest of commands. And so we're stuck on the very kind of entry level of our walk with Him because we, we just don't trust Him with the basic things. I think it takes just as much trust to go uh, speak to Ahab as it does to go hide out in a ravine and believe a raven's going to feed you every day. It takes faith to do that. There are moments in our lives, though, God calls us to take these radical steps of faith, and you and I have an option to opt in or opt out. There's always an option in following Jesus, isn't there? You can either say yes to his word, take him at his word, and go for it and see what God will do, or you can play it safe and go to McDonald's. Maybe that's not so safe after all. Follow God's plan. So he did what the Lord had told him to do. Can we have the courage to follow the Lord's instruction, even if it doesn't make sense at the time? I think God speaks to us in all sorts of different ways, but there are moments we just have to trust him. We don't always understand the why, but God does. Now, the third thing that we see in this story that I, I believe is a courageous thing to do he had the courage to wait. After all this dramatic exchange with Ahab, Elijah was instructed to wait. And we see in verse 5, he went to the, the Kerith uh, ravine east of the Jordan, and he stayed there. He stayed there. This great Elijah came out to this ravine. And can I just say, it wasn't a couple days he was there. It wasn't a couple weeks he was there. He could have been there for over a year or maybe two years even. We don't know the exact time frame, but we know it was a while. Can I just say, it's a challenge to wait for God. It takes courage to wait and to stay put when God says, just stay here. Just stay here. Nothing was happening, was it? On the surface for Elijah, nothing was happening. He didn't have interaction with anyone. He was in hiding. This whole period of time, a long time. I think when you look at dogs that are being trained, what is one of the biggest challenges they have, a dog has, is to stay when their master is walking away. Right? It's difficult for dogs to stay. They want to go. They want to follow. They want to run. They want... But to stay when their master is leaving, it takes a huge amount of willpower to resist the urge to keep going. But God was working on a big plan, and he needed Elijah to stay put in one position, a holding pattern, until other things worked out, till the drought really took root. But he had another miracle in play that was going to happen, which we're going to come up to next week. But for this period of time, the courage was to do nothing. I think for myself, I found it always easier to go forward than to stay put. I think staying put and waiting is the hardest thing in my life I ever have to go through. Whenever God tells me just to wait and hold on, I don't like those instructions. Uh, I'm someone who's much rather, I'd much rather be charging the mountain than be sitting in the valley waiting to do something. You see, can I also say that Elijah didn't know what the next step was yet. We see that in the, the verses to come, but he was just told to wait there. 
I think for you and for me, there might be things this year that God wants us to simply wait upon him for. Just to wait upon his next instruction. And it can take courage to do that. To not jump out. To not step forward when God hasn't given instruction to do so. Can we wait for him? Some of the biggest mistakes we see in scripture are from people who chose not to wait for the Lord. If right now you're in a position, maybe a crossroads, whatever, and it isn't clear what God is saying next for you, can I encourage you to be so courageous not to do anything until God does speak? Because anything we do will be of our own understanding, of our own wisdom, our own finite perspective. And God's plan is always greater. And if we've committed ourselves to him, and if we've said, Lord, your will, your way in, our, in my life, I, I want your plan to be fulfilled. And if we've opened the door for God to communicate, yet we've not heard anything yet, can I encourage you to be so courageous to do nothing but wait? Can I encourage you not to keep going, but to say, okay, God, until you speak, I won't move. I will wait here. Maybe I'm being fed by ravens right now, and it's a bit weird. I'm waiting because you haven't said otherwise. Who knows what great miracles around the corner if you just allow God to position you in the right place at the right time, waiting for him to open the next door. Don't be the one opening your own doors. Let God open the door for you. These are not easy moments, but necessary if we want to see the fullness of God revealed in our lives. Necessary. Now, in 2022, I think there will be moments for all of, our, all of us to stand in our faith. I don't think we can go through a whole year and never have to mention that we're a follower of Jesus or, or say something about our faith. I, I think God will always give us opportunity all the time to, to stand for him. Why? Because we're his ambassadors. An ambassador in another country is never undercover, are they? They're, it's clear that they are the ambassador. If you go to London and you go to the different embassies, it's very clear the ambassadors that are there. It's very clear who they are. You and I are here representing the kingdom of God on earth, and that is not to be under wraps. God has called us in this time to, to shine for him, to be the salt, to be the light. We are his ambassadors. You are on mission. So if you think this year is going to be easy peasy, you're just going to kind of drift into the shadows, can I say you've got the wrong perspective? This year is a year for you to shine the light of Christ. But you're going to need the courage of the Spirit to do so. This year is a year that God is going to call you to do something that might be uncomfortable, might be unpleasant, might be even dangerous. But can I encourage you to have courage to just say yes to Him, to make the commitment that I will go where you want me to go, I will be who you want me to be, and I'll do what you want me to do. I, I'm yours, Lord. Can we have that courage to put our name forward? Even Isaiah had that interaction in heaven. Who will go for us? And what did Isaiah say? I will go. Here am I. Send me. That's the mission. That's courage to, to put your hand up 
when God's Spirit is calling to say, I'm willing to go. I know there's people in this room that have responded to that calling over the years, but do you know what? That's not a yesterday calling, that's a today calling. All of us to continue to put our hands up saying, Lord, here am I. Here am I. 2022, I'm alive. I'm breathing. You've got a plan. What is it, Lord? Here am I. But thirdly, I think there are always moments, and even in this coming year, that God will put us in positions where we just have to wait upon Him for instruction. How? When? Where? All those things to just wait upon Him. Can we have courage to just wait and not figure it out ourselves? We've been given the Holy Spirit to help us, to empower us, but courageous living requires our willingness and the Holy Spirit's strength. It's a combination. God will not do great things through you while you are sitting on your hands, not willing to do anything. It requires all of our engagement, our willingness. He comes with our willingness and says, okay, I'll empower you to do that. But we have a part to play. Nothing just happens in our walk with God. Nothing just happens. It's our willingness that always precedes the miracles. Are we willing to be courageous this year? And if you've ever watched the movie Braveheart, you don't want to acknowledge if you have. <laughs> but there's something powerful when a group of people are, are you know, have that, that willingness to charge the battle, to, to, to take hold of the call. As believers, I think we need these moments where we say, you know what, we're surrounded by a cloud of witness, but it's my, it's my stand, it's my walk, it's my following Jesus. That's important at this moment in time. This country, this world needs courageous follower, followers of Jesus, not ones that hide in the shadows, but ones that are willing to stand for what the kingdom of God represents. His goodness, His love, His grace, His healing, his, his redemption, His forgiveness, His generosity. Can we do that? Thank you for watching this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at or check out our website at www.centre-church.uk.